Hey guys, Benjamin Darius, aka BJ here from Dear Dad Podcast. Now, when I started this podcast, I wanted a platform where I can record and upload my content very easily. I didn't want to go through any hoops to get my podcast out there. When I did start my podcast, I was on a different platform. But after I was introduced to Anchor, not once, not twice, but over three times by my close friends, I decided to give Anchor a try. I must say, I absolutely love it. Not only is it easy to use, but I am able to record, edit, post, and publish all my episodes right there on the app or the site. I was able to transfer all my episodes onto Anchor in less than five minutes. That for me was unbelievable. Oh yeah, here's the best thing of all. It's free. It is free to use. Yeah, I know that's crazy, but take my word on this. It's true. Using Anchor has definitely made podcasts so easy. Trust me, you'll love it. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, before we start, I just have to make an announcement. As you notice, it says um, episode two of two. All right. So that means that there's an episode one. So before you listen to this one, if you haven't listened to the first one yet, go to the first one. Listen to it. It's pretty cool. All right, guys. So this is uh, an announcement. If you did not listen to the first one, go back and listen to it because this is a continuation of part one. All right, guys. Enjoy. Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad Podcast, a platform where you can come and express yourself rather through poetry, spoken words, essay, or simply a live conversation. This is all dad talk. I'm here for you. Let's go. I want you to just elaborate on a little bit more about summer. Well, a lot of people always ask me why I called her that. And I'm very big on whatever you call Like, I think every name has a meaning. So whatever you name your child is who they will be. So for me, I always wanted to have a child who was full of life and happiness and fun and just blissful. And, And honestly, Summer is that. She lives up to her name. And the only reason why I feel like she's like that is because... I always make her feel like she needs to be full of life because honestly, um, there was a moment in time where Summer had was struggling with her emotions and it scared me to death because when she was going through these emotions, I saw a lot of myself. And I realized that Summer wants to be like me mm-hmm. which is very scary because literally everything that I do she copies so if I'm talking to her and she responds a certain way it doesn't even have to be rude it's just she responds a certain way I'm like wow that's me mm-hmm. and a lot of times she is her own person Summer is one of those type of kids where if she's not feeling okay in that moment, you're going to know. If she's feeling happy in that moment, you're going to know. Like, she's very expressive. And a lot of times, I can tell she's going to be a very confident individual. And I know that's probably like, oh, Barbara, she's five. How would you know that? But for me, as a mom or even a dad, you know your children from the moment they start walking. And I can just tell 
she's going to be very confident in her ways. And I'm proud of that because it's crazy how you can envy that from your own children. Um, Summer is very smart. She loves school. And I think for me, I always, I always want her to continue that because my biggest fear is her growing up and having to deal with certain struggles in her life um, and me not being able to deal with it because I didn't have my dad around. So for me, that's where I take on the type of person who Summer is. Um, I actually have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you deal with a circumstance that you feel like could have went differently if you had your dad around when it comes to your children? A particular circumstance? Um, I think dis- discipline. Disciplinary. Um, if dad was around, I think I'll be a little bit more disciplined. I'm hoping that's what it would be because then I would have the fear of a man in the house. There are certain things I can't say. There are certain things I can't do. I can't treat mommy this way. I can't come home at any time that I want to, which I did. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't act a certain way. I couldn't talk a certain way because I would have that male perspective in the, in the house. So therefore, my behavior towards things, my personality towards things would be a, a little bit more refined. Um, uh, I feel that um, a lot of things that I'm doing right now is because I'm lacking or I'm not. I, I use the word substance because I don't have anything to hold on to. I can't hold on to my dad being an amazing father or being a dad or being a, a, a person that just like teach me anything because I didn't have that. So now I'm just going to have to go. I have to go on empty and use that as an example i don't have anything so because i didn't have anything i'm going to be better i'm going to do better but I, that's i can say that now but as of but then it was hard for me to just like imagine doing that so one of the biggest thing biggest thing i can honestly say i would change that would change in me if my dad was here was, would be i think discipline um and i think as a child i needed discipline i craved discipline um, I know I mentioned before that I came home at all times of the hour. Not only that, and I said again before when I was in a relationship, I was I, I I dove in deeply because I didn't have any dis- I didn't have any discipline. Um, one particular time that I remember my father trying to discipline me was when we was living um, back in 94th Street, and I was leaving the house and I was exiting the building and I had a do rag on. And my father stopped me and told me I need to take that do rag off. So I stop and I hesitate slightly because I wanted to curse him out because you're not in my presence. You're not in the house. You're not anywhere that I need you. And the one time that I see you, you want to discipline me. You are not my father. I mean, you are my father, but you are not my dad. So why are you telling me what to do? Don't tell me what to do. So instead of saying that, I just took off the durag. I think I took off the durag. Cause I have two different memories of that. It's so interesting. I had two different memories of that. I think one memory is I took off the durag and walk out the house. I walk out the door, the building. I'm sorry. The second, the second one that I have was I looked at him 
didn't say anything to him and continued walking out. And I can't tell you exactly which one I did because both of them was real for me. But because he wasn't there, he wasn't disciplining me. How can you discipline someone that that's not around? That How can you discipline me if you're not around? That's how I felt about it. You want to discipline me. You want to tell me how to grow. You want to tell me how to... You can't tell me that if you're not there to tell me. So when it's time for you to tell me, I, I can't take you seriously. So for me to answer your question would be, I think discipline in the house, to tell you the truth. It would have to be discipline, which was a twist of questions, but I take that. <laughs> oh, no, because the reason why I ask that question is because it's always... Um, different to hear the perspective of somebody that was raised in the same household as you. And for me, it's knowing you're good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something I struggled with for a long time, and that's something that um, fears me in raising a daughter because as a mom, you can install in your daughter as much as you can that they're good enough, but hearing it from a male figure is like the biggest thing ever to a woman or a young a young um girl and i feel like for me um in raising her i feel like i lack in certain things because i didn't have my dad around so i fear of having to answer certain things for her when she gets to a point in her life when she's going through experiences with men and she's going through certain situations with um friendships or whatever and it scares me because a lot of times we just think, okay, we're just going to say what sounds right and the child will be okay. But a lot of times children like to just hear their parents' real experience and this is what they went through and this is how they overcame it. Because it's easy to tell your child, don't go chase after that guy because it's not worth it. But it's always better to tell the person this is what I went through. This is the pain I went through. This was my experience as your mom. And this is how I overcame it. Because a lot of times the experience has more of an effect right. than just saying whatever. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, my also another a biggest fear of mine raising Summer is her actually coming to me as a young woman asking me why I didn't have a relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. Because I know that question is going to happen. And having to explain to her um, why and me not really because the worst experience is having a present father who's not present god okay go on so when you have that it's it's hard to explain to others because they feel like well he he was around right Mm -hmm. and you're like no but it's like he is around though so it's like it's confusing Mm -hmm. now it's different when you don't even know who your father is and where he coincides or whatever but to know that the person is alive and well and still in your presence, but you still don't even know who they are. And they technically was the person who kind of created you. It's kind of like, wow. like mm. So that's what scares me in Raising Summer. Because I know that it's, it's, it's one of those conversations that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And for her, just being five years old and asking him that, I know when she gets older, she's going to ask me. Like, why you didn't have a relationship with him? Why? And that's why I think every day that it's, it's very um, crucial that I do build a relationship with him. So she can see that, okay, you went through this hurt, but you were able to overcome it and forgive. Um, but for me, in terms of her, I just think 
there's not a rule book out there how to be a great parent. And a lot of times we want to be the greatest parents that we can be. But a lot of times we, we just have to go off of experiences. Right. Everybody's experience as a mother and father is different. Mm-hmm. So what you may go through with your son, I may go through differently with my daughter. So a lot of times we always want the answers to everything, but it's something that has to form on, on its own. Right. So every day for me, raising summer is a different experience. Um, now in raising her, my beliefs versus the way I was raised is different. Okay. Um, I wasn't, I was always kind of like, my mom never liked that I expressed myself too much because she always felt like it was disrespectful. But in terms of if I told her that something was hurting me or something was bothering me, it was frowned upon because it's, 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 it's like, okay, like my daughter's telling me something is hurting me. So I'm just going to react very foreign to it. Like, what, like, what do you mean? In terms of summer, the way I raise her is if something is bothering you, speak about it. Mm. If, if you don't like what I'm doing as a mother, we need to talk about this. Um, I don't know if it's okay to say, but sometimes a lot of times when I would express to my mother how I felt about certain things, it was shut down a lot. Mm-hmm. It was always a, well, that's just how it's going to be. Right. Or I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times when you constantly are being shut down, you suppress those feelings a lot. And then you start to take it out on other people or you even start to take it out in your relationship because you're so used to feeling like, what you have to say don't matter. So that's something that I took with me. I took very seriously in raising Summer. I don't want her to feel like she is not allowed. I may not agree with her, but I do want to know if she doesn't like what I have to say. Because I feel like, you know, you don't want your child to be afraid of you to the point where they're not able to talk to you about certain things because they feel like if they come to you, you're gonna have a freak show. Right. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna blow up. You're gonna go crazy. And a lot of times, your children just need somebody who is going to listen. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, we don't think our children are saying anything. They're just acting out and they're doing whatever they want. But a lot of times, that child is trying to express to you what's going on in their life. And a lot of times, even if they tell if you tell if if, if you tell your parent, I don't like the way you talk to me. And the parents saying, well, I'm your mother. I can say whatever I want to you. Now, you don't realize by you being that way, you're conditioning that child to be the same exact way to their children. So sometimes when you're raising, when you're raising your child, you're like, oh, my God. You notice how people say, I sound just like my mother. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's more of there are certain traits that I'm trying to change about myself because I, I see a lot of my mother within myself. I have I can be very stubborn at times and if I feel a certain way that's just how I feel. It's going to take a lot to change how I feel in that moment and for summer I know that if I don't allow myself to be more open to how she expresses herself then it's going to be a rift mm. in that cuz we both have big personalities. Right. So I know that if I don't allow myself to let Summer express how she feels, but in a respectful way, then we're always gonna bump heads. Mm. Now, you deal with situations where the mother and daughter are so much alike that 
they don't realize that and that's what causes them to argue all the time so a lot of times if if it's reflecting like oh wow this person is doing exactly what i'm doing then it's just that simple right but it's actually not because if you're not realizing what you're doing within yourself is wrong you're not going to realize that the other person is wrong as well because you both are suffering from the same issue so for me in terms of raising summer it's all about just taking every day a step at a time um my biggest fear is honestly raising a a little girl because it's crazy how we live in a society where people say oh i'd rather a son because it's easier but in all actuality, to me, I think it's, it, it's still hard either way. Because a lot of times, you know, we live in a world where the men get the benefit of the doubt. And the women, you have to go through more because whether it's a sexual experience, a physical experience, or whatever a woman chooses to go through, people neglect the fact that men go through same situations themselves. Like when a man chooses to have his first sexual encounter, people don't think that that guy may be nervous in that moment and that he needs to have a talk with his parents. People always put more on the female. So for me, as I had a child, I started realizing that, no, I'm not gonna look at it like raising a daughter is hard. Raising a child itself is hard if you've come from a broken past. So for me, you know, motherhood is just something that I'm just, taking a step at a time and still learning and 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 being able to have patience with knowing that you know summer is not is is, being a parent is not a walk in the park you're gonna have moments in your life where you're gonna even question yourself as a parent so that's 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 why i said motherhood for me is it has its highs and it has its lows but in over overall i feel like it's made me a better person what would you say are three great memories of yours? In life? In life. Um, I would say giving birth to Summer is one of them. The second one... Elaborate on that. Um, giving birth to Summer is something that I don't feel like I deserved. I don't deserve the experience I had. I don't feel like I deserve the experience I had in what I wanted. That's what I really wanted to say. Um, The reason why I don't feel like I deserve that experience is because having summer was probably probably one of the hardest, easiest things I've ever been through. And the reason why I say that is because every time I explain how I had her to people, they look at me in clear shock because I was only in labor for five hours. Don't brag. (laughs) Don't brag. And it's something that bothers me because I feel like that's something that should have been hard for me, but I was truly blessed in the way I had her. And it, it bothers me because a lot of times you hear women that have to go through so much just to give birth to a child. And even in the experience in the hospital, my, even my own mom was shocked at how everything went. And it's like, that the guilt that I felt between me and my siblings was at its all time high in that moment because I felt like 
why does it always seem like everything has to be or appear so easy for me? And I didn't realize that me having her in the simplest form was actually a warning to a deep hurt of mine. Because even though I had her in the simplest form, raising her was the hardest. So I, I guess I had a switch around. Um, raising her, um, I didn't have a great relationship with Summer when I first had her, which a lot of people don't know. Um, this is probably the first time I've ever like shared this, but um, I remember one night, um, Summer wouldn't stop crying. And I was so stressed out from everything I was going through, going through at the time. And my mom knocked on the door and was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I wish I never had her. And my mom was like, oh, don't say that. I understand you're stressed out. But, you know, this is what it, it comes with. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't want her. And I don't think you remember that that same exact day I was walking out. And remember I passed, the way I passed summer to you? You were sitting on this couch right here, and I, I stormed out the house. And I kind of, like, the way I the way I passed Summer to you is if she was just, like, a basketball. Like, it was, like, whatever to me. And I literally, I, I left the house for hours. And I don't think you remember that because it was so long ago. But I remember you sitting on that couch, and I was just, I was over it. I literally, get, I literally, I literally like, threw Summer at you, and I left for hours and you know when I came back it was just pure silence and I was going through so much at that time because for me I always thought of my life as raising summer with um, a significant other that was always on the same page as me but a lot of times when a woman is going through a body change and going through certain moments in her life she's going through a lot because your hormones are up, you just gave birth to a be a life, and it's like at that moment, I wasn't even fully matured yet. I was still stuck in my ways, and I'm thinking me having summer um, in the best form. That oh, if I can knock this out, I can knock the, when she comes home. It was the worst experience ever for me, and a lot of people didn't know that. Um, for the first year of her, first two years of her life, I locked myself in that room a lot of times. I don't think you guys remember, but I barely came to, I, it was so bad, like, I mean, I, I feel like I still have those moments, but I barely came to family events. Um, whenever family would come over, I would, I would just want to stay in the room. Um, Summer would have moments where um, if I took her to a family event, all she would do is cry and cry and cry and cry, and it's to the point where I couldn't even take her anywhere. So for me, it was really, really dark. And I had a rude awakening because everything I was going through from the ages of, from when she was from like one to three was probably one of the hardest things I ever went through my entire life. Um, I went through heartache. I went through feeling like a bad mom. I felt like a loser because I wasn't working. I wasn't going to school. I was always home doing nothing. And it was bad. I felt very alone for a long time. And it was very hard to talk to people. And I don't know if people like noticed and it was hard to talk about because it's kind of one of those things where, should I talk to her? Should I not talk to her? And it was horrible. Like I, 
even had moments where I wanted, I was in a in a really bad sunken place, and I wasn't the best mom to Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom had to, which I think her to this day, had to really step in and and help because I was going into a deep depression, and I was acting out and trying to physically like hurt myself. Like it was bad, and I remember Gael and mom put me to the side. I was like, you know. There's certain behaviors that you're doing that's concerning us in summer safety. And, you know, guy was like, I think you should, like, go see a therapist. Mm. And I I was just like, what? Like, I honestly got into defense mode, and I'm just like, I was just angry. Mm. I was just angry. And, you know, for me, I don't talk about those moments because I was, I felt bad. I felt like a bad mom. Like, mm. I was a crappy mom to summer. And it's like, I was always afraid to admit that because I didn't want people to look at me like, how could you just not care about your daughter? But I was really, I didn't even care about myself. So, and even the person I was with at the time made me feel like the situation wasn't going to get better. It was just going to keep getting worse. So I felt cornered a lot of times and those are the... The, the, the memory, the, that, that best memory is probably one of the best memories I had in a long time. Okay. Um, my second best memory was, um, I remember Summer had pink eye. I, I talk about this story so many times. She had pink eye and I went to um, the ER with her and my insurance was cut off. And they're like, you know, she needs this medication because if she doesn't, her eyes are going to get really messed up. And at the time, I had no money, no dollar to my name. Like, I was a full-time student in school, and it was it was horrible. So I remember walking in the cold. Um, it was probably around February of 2000, and I, I believe it was 2017. I remember walking, like, in the street with her trying to figure out what to do. They're like, you know, since you don't have insurance, you're going to have to pay for this medication out of pocket. And the medication was $200. And at the time, I didn't really know the difference between generic and, na- and name brand. So I was going crazy. And I just was like, what am I going to do? Um, now, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep her home until I figure something out. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to, to work to, to just carry on and figure something out. Um, her school called me and was like, "Summer can't be in school until she like clears this up." At the time, mom was working, and it was finals week. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't go take that final, I would have not graduated. So I was just trying to figure out what to do, and I'm just like, you know what? I ha- I have to get this medication for summer. And um, I remember I told my teacher that I couldn't make it to school that week. And he's like, well, if you don't come, you're going to fail the course and you're not going to graduate. Can you please explain to me what's going on? And I was just like, I didn't study for this test. I was so stressed out over summer. And I'm one of those type of people when I'm going through something, I don't try to tell people in the in the moment that it's happening, I try to figure it out first. So 
I remember telling mom, oh my God, like this is what's going on. And she was like, oh, I'll give you the money. But the timing of when she was going to give me the money didn't match up to when I needed summer to clear this up to go back to school in order for me to take my final. So my, my, the head teacher was like, oh, um, just tell me what's going on. Like, why can't you come take the test? I'm like, my daughter has pink eye and I can't take her to school. Therefore, I can't take this. I can't take the test. And she's like, wait, um, how much is the medication? I'm like, $200. And she's like, you know, there's a generic brand, right? And I'm just like, well, how much is that? And she's like, it's $25. And you know what's, what's more messed up about that? I was like, I don't even have $25. Like, I just paid her school last week. I'm broke. She's like, I'm going to pay for the medication. You're going to bring your daughter to school, have her sit in my office, and you're going to take this test. Praise him. So I'm like, wait, what? So I remember, like, that week, I took somebody to my to the school, and I was the 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 I would say the the third highest score. Wow. I didn't study for this test, and I remember it was one of the hardest tests I ever took because I was just so stressed out. I ended up passing it, and I was able to graduate. Wow. And it was one of those moments where I thought to myself, like, there are people out there who care. Mm-hmm. for your success and they see that you're struggling and they're going to help you and there were so many moments when my back was up against the wall and it was always a solution I just had to realize that it's not the end of the world and I just had to open my mind up a little bit more now my third um best experience I don't know if you want me to relate to motherhood or my third um best experience I would say is um being able to love again. And the reason why I say that is because um, I got to a point in my life where I didn't care about it. Um, If it happens, it happens. But the reason why I say to love again is because not only was I able to love again, but I was able to realize that I don't need that person to make me happy as a person. What I realized is us being happy together within ourselves is what mattered the most. And that's when I realized how relationships tend to work. And for me, it was one of the experiences that allowed me to realize that sometimes you just have to go through certain things to realize that whatever's in store for you next is to prepare you for it. And a lot of times, um, I, I literally sit back and I'm just like in awe because when you go through heartache and you're able to find love again and become a better version of yourself, it, it's, a, it's one of the best feelings because a lot of times you ask yourself, are you ever going to find somebody who's going to understand the way you love? And also the person allowing you to feel comfortable with the way you love. And a lot of times I never thought I was going to find that. I never thought I would be able to find somebody who understands, okay, you know what? This is the way she loves, and this is the way I love, and this is how we're going to be able to be together. So for me, when I first, it's like, I don't know if you ever felt this, but when you meet the person that you know you're supposed to be with, you you can feel that. 
like you you feel the feeling of knowing like okay this person is who you're supposed to be with and everything just makes sense and that's a feeling personally for me I've never felt you <laughs> when you say that again you're driving a lot of memories of mine as Barbara and I don't think I like that I feel like this is a therapy for me um there's a lot of stuff that you said I can't touch based on everything but I'm just gonna reflect on what you said just right now I remember you called me a couple of times when I was at work and that's just God just speaking because whenever you called me when I was in uh when I left the house and I, uh, when I was living upstate whenever you called me I was at work and then you called me like in, during the day you called me in during the day and Ask me questions. Well, you know, there are sometimes, you know, what if this happened to you? And I literally would take my phone and I tell my supervisor, I gotta step out. And she was like, okay. And I'm on the phone with you for like sometime 45 minutes to an hour just talking. And I remember telling you, it's funny how our lives is almost parallel. Um, I remember telling you that once you find that person that loves you, it is not a fight. Like, you're going to fight someone that's going to love you the way you need to be loved. And you're not going to even ask for it. It's going to want to be there for you because they need, they want to be there for you. I remember telling you that. I said, Barbara, someone that loves you, it, it's easy. Like, once you find that person that, that, that mesh with you, that finds you to be the person for them, it's easy. Like, you won't have to search. You won't have to ask the person to love you. You won't have to ask the person to see you. You won't have to ask the person to ask them that they, they not only love, but you just like show appreciation. All that will come natural. And I said that because I was I was in that point. And all of you guys knew I was in that point when I was in a relationship where I was not myself. Like, I was not myself. When I said not myself, like my character, as far as I was being angry, I was upset, I was cursing. Which and you, All of you guys know that's not my character. But because of the person that I was, and again, I'm not blaming the person. It's just what the person bring out on me. Um, that I was not the person that I, I wanted to. And everybody know what kind of person that I am. And I know who I was. And I know who I can be. And I know how much love that I have to give. And I once remember telling my friend that I was like, I have so much love to give. But I don't know who to give it to. But whoever I have given it to has abused it. So now what do I do? So I become, I pull back. And that's what, and again, somebody told me, don't pull back from a person that's showing you love. Don't pull back. Because you've been hurt, because you know the person haven't done that. But what I've learned is that it's a journey. The person, I'm able to love deeper and stronger now because the relationship that I was in, it wasn't the best, it wasn't great, but I grew from that. I learned from that, and I know I, I can love better, and I know how much I can love. I know how much I can give, because it's uh, my natural nature to love. It's my natural nature to hug. It's my natural nature to help somebody else feel better. So when I'm, I was not able to give that, I was not able to cater that, it was like I was not being myself. So when he asked me that question, I was like, Barbara, I'm telling you, when a person loves you, you won't even ask. You won't even have to ask for him to love you. You won't even have to ask him for you to be there. When a person loves you, they're going to go over the top to be there for you. Especially for a guy. I'm not saying the chase, but a guy love to... They'll go the distance to do something for you. And there's nothing in the world. They can be across the world and they will find a way to get to you. Honestly, I'm, I mean, I'm a guy myself and I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I, I would travel the distance. And I have travel distance from like one state to another if I have to 
just to be there for that person just for the person to know that i'm there for them and that's how a guy is they're gonna travel and vice versa to women there are, there are some women that will go the distance i'm not saying everybody that's like that there's no to every guy that's like that that would travel and show you that because you love me because you have opened yourself to me i'm gonna give you my all and it's gonna come easy it's not gonna be something that you're gonna have to ask for and I told you that. I remember telling you that. And I tell you, once you find that person, is everything will become, it'll come easy. And with the person that you're with right now, and I can honestly say, that's exactly what it is. And I know you said the person has a lot of characteristic and uh, um, yeah, a lot of characters, characteristic in them is the same thing that's in me or it's the similarities. When I heard that, I was like, okay, I got to kill him. Because I can't, I can't have two in me in the world right now because now who's going to be the best? But I, 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 when I hear that, I just hear that a person that if they have any characteristic of mine is going to love you deeply. It's going to care for you deeply. It's going to want you. It's going to want the best for you. And I have been so happy for you to find someone like that, honestly, because it's not easy to find someone like that. But when you find someone that connects with you, you question. You're like, is this real? Like, do I really I don't really have to try and you come in to see me. I don't really have to ask and you give me. I don't really have to do anything. You naturally are giving it to me. That's so weird. It's not weird. It's just because you were so defensive before. You were so in a protective mode before that when somebody come and give you all that you were asking for, it becomes weird. It comes almost foreign, but that's the natural state of it. Um, I mean, I have my own theories of it as far as that, but I'm not going to go into it. Um, but when God gives you that person, he gives it to you wholly. He doesn't give you part of that person. He doesn't give you, um, uh, uh, he just gives you the whole person. So the person will give you 100% and you give 100%. I think what a lot of, again, this is my, it could be a side. This is something on the side. Um, a lot of time there are people that are with their significant other. And they're, the person that they're with is only giving them 40% of their time meaning that 40% is only 100% of what they can give that's their 100% so with me I'm giving 100 100 but for that person they only giving me 40% and that's all they can give if you can only give me 40% that's not all of you that means that the other 60% belongs somewhere else either with somebody else or you just don't want to be with me and we have to learn if the person that's giving you a hundred of a hundred percent of their of their self to you, that means that there's a lack in a relationship, and there's always gonna be a lack in a relationship. If that's all you can give me is just like just a half of you or a third of you, then that's the not the whole you. I can't I can't give you all of me, and then you don't give me a portion of you, which is not fair, you know. So when I told you that, I honestly meant that. So when you came to me and said this individual treats you and act a certain way. I was ecstatic. I was like, I'm, I'm praying and I know this will work out and it's going to work out because I know if he has any inkling of my personality, the way I am, he's going to treat you great. He's going to love you. He's going to embrace you. He's going to care for you the way you need to be cared for because you deserve that. And he's going to give it to you. And I, I'm so happy that as of current, it's still present because if he wasn't, I would have killed him. I'm going to take that back and I'm probably going to have to delete this part because then I'm confessing to murder. So, <laughs> but I, that's not the case. And I'm happy that you're able to have that in your life. And I'm just so I'm glad that this is um, the, the track that you, the, this is the journey that you're taking. Um, did you have any idea what kind of woman you wanted to be? And are you that woman now? 
And I say woman and not girl because you're not a girl anymore. You are a grown woman. Yes. Um, when I was younger, I always would, um, and I still do it now. I have this thing about me where I vision a lot. Like I'll literally be laying there and daydreaming about, okay, this is what I want my life to be um, around this time. But the only thing for me is um, I realize that timing is key. And for me, everything that happened the way that it happened, it happened that way because it was supposed to. And for me, I would, the person I am right now, I always would daydream about Mm -hmm. because I would, but then I always had moments where I would doubt because of certain hurdles I was in. Because for me, I always been in situations where either the person I was with or the people I had around me would always make me feel like I was never gonna get there. So when I started realizing and speaking things into existence and planning things out, that's when I realized that everything started to fall into place. I had to um, actually make a a big sacrifice to become um, the woman I am today because um, I was actually given a really bad ultimatum. And I'm not going to say what the ultimatum was, but I just know that as I'm sitting here today, it's scary to know that the outcome was beautiful because um, the damage that that decision I made could have done was very, very crucial because it had to involve my family with my child. So the decision that I made was selfish at the time, but it was worth it. And a lot of times, as women, we always try to follow the man's dream mm-hmm. instead of realizing, like, you're, you're a woman, you have, you're a human being, you have a dream of your own. And a lot of times I put off what I wanted to do for myself because it was making the other person feel less than. So when I started realizing that the woman who you want to become is dope, mm. be that person, when I started telling myself that more and more and more is when the blessings started coming in. Now I'm gonna explain like um, like the woman I always wanted to be. I always wanted to be this person who, when I say that I'm going to do something, it's going to happen. And a lot of time as women, we always hesitate for certain things because if you're a woman who is either too strong or you have your own and you're this and you're that, it's like, Sometimes you're taught that it's not okay because men run from that. Mm. But for me, I've always thought to myself, if a man loves you, he should be able to want you to be the best version of yourself and want to be golden and and be this great woman because at the end of the day, you're only going to make him a great man. So for me, whether it's having a good job or... Um, being a good mom or being able to, I know it's not much to others, but even like having my own car, like it's just the littlest things that I never thought I would have for myself. And um, for me, the biggest goal that I feel like I've achieved is being smart with my finances. And I feel like for me, that was something that stemmed from um, just being careless because a lot of times um, I was in situations where you know 
I would see my mother um, be very cautious of certain things. But then I would pay attention to my dad and it was always a kind of up and down unstable thing. So I told myself, you're gonna be in between. It's either you're gonna be great or you're gonna be struggling. So for me, I always told myself, okay, if my mother could raise six of us Mm. by herself and all of us turn out amazing grown adults, then why can't I be that person and even better? So for me, I would say everything that I envisioned my life to be from the time I thought about it a couple years ago, I would say like I'm proud of myself because I didn't allow low moments to destroy me. I actually turned it into a fight to better myself. And um, I just want to be able to keep growing as a, as a woman and understanding that whatever pain that I, I may have went through or probably still going through, that it doesn't define me as a person. A lot of times we allow our pain to define who we are and it, it stops us from being great because we think to ourselves, we, we okay, I had a messed up past. How am I going to jump over that hurdle and become this person? Because I'm so stuck in going through that and going through this. And that takes a lot of growth to be able to look at something and say, you know, I went through that, but look how far I've came. Sometimes people still live in that pain. They just won't let go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people take that pain and bring everybody else down with them. For me, it was just having a lot of talks with myself. And like I said, like um, to touch base on what you said, I only I feel like the reason why I called you a lot of times is because, like I said, I would see you go through certain things, and I would think he's not gonna he's not gonna like he's not gonna sugarcoat this stuff. He's gonna tell me like it is. And a lot of times, um, the difference between you and my other siblings is you're not going to sugarcoat it. You're going to tell me exactly what it is and how it's going to be and how the outcome is going to be. And that's something that I always appreciated. A lot of times people will give you advice, but they won't give you the raw, the rawness of who you will become. And I don't actually blame you when you used to tell me, I can't wait for you to grow up. Because when it actually happened, it made me a better person. Mm. So for that, I'm, I, I honestly am grateful for that. Mm. You know, we all have our version of what we want to be, who we want to be. Um, and I, I know I asked that question. Even for myself, I, I, I know I can, again, like I said before, I... I know I can be a wonderful husband. I knew I can be a wonderful husband. I knew I can be an amazing dad. I just wanted to, the opportunity to, to show that. I know I can be a good person. I just wanted to an opportunity to show that. Not only show it, because I have showed it, but to have someone to appreciate that. So that's a different thing, because you can be an amazing person, but if you don't have someone that appreciate your qualities, then it's just a useless talent because then, then the person is not it's not taking it for the full adventure that, that you, you're giving it because now they're seeing that oh it's a nuisance it's a problem why are you always doing this why are you always why are you always gotta be so caring why are you always gotta be so loving why are you always gotta do this I've definitely got that that answer or that kind of question why are you always gotta help somebody out why are you always gotta do this why are you, 
because that's my natural nature. That's what I like to give. I like to sacrifice. Um, that's one thing I think I learned from um, from either both of my parents. We like to cater. We like to give. We like to sacrifice ourselves to other people. So I, I had I had an idea of who I wanted to be. I know who I wanted to be. I just really needed to find that right person to express that fully. Because I always wanted to be a dad. And I know I wanted to be a dad. I just wanted the opportunity to give it. So now that I'm a father, it's not a surprise. I just am stepping into my promises. I am stepping into my dreams to say, okay, this is what I always wanted to do. Now I'm giving the opportunity. I need to do what I, I promised myself that I'm going to do. And that's how it is. That's why whenever the relationship with me and Elias, whenever he gets upset a certain way or act a certain way, it's not an aggression for me at times. It's more of like, okay, you said you're going to be a good father. This is your chance to be a good father. You say you're going to be a great father. This is your chance to be a great father. So just opportunities you're given. I mean, granted, as a human, you get upset, you know, you get, you know, bothered by certain things. But it gives me a, a realization of if that's who you wanted to be, this is the opportunity to show it. Because God gave me that person, both my wife and my son. Now I need to show him, God, that I'm able to live up to the promises that I say I was going to do. You know, that's like saying, I promise next time, God, if you made me live through this, I'm going to do A, B, and C, and D. So when he puts you in a situation, get you out, and now it's up to you to live it up to that, that's that's the promise that you have to live into. You got to step into the promise. So you're just saying, okay, I, I'm here now. What can I, how can I live that promise that I, I, I gave? So I always thought about that. I always wanted, I always was a good person. I always was a loving person. I just didn't find that person that was willing to take full advantage of that. Or uh, take it fully and, and, and not take advantage of that, should I say. Um, do you love who you are now? Do you love Barbara? Um, I don't like how hard I am on myself. I think I've kind of... I hate using the word, like, messed up. I hate using the word, like, the term messed up because a lot of times I feel like it's not messing up, it's learning lessons. But... For me, I feel like I had this thing about me where I, I always feel like I have a lot of making up to do. And I just want to be able to become this person who knows her worth. Um, I feel like that's something that takes time to build up as a woman. Because like I said, I'm still young, so I'm still figuring myself out in terms of being comfortable. A lot of times as women, we focus a lot on the physical part of ourselves sometimes, or sometimes we focus on, am I good enough? Am I not good enough? Am I good enough? And a lot of times I do say, I do like that I'm able to overcome things, but I don't like the fact that when I'm, let's say sad about something or something is bothering me, I literally like get really sunken into it. Some people may go through things and they're like, I'm going through that, but life goes on. But for me, when I'm going through something, I'm going through it. And I allow it to take over me. So that's something that I'm working on. But in terms of like me as a whole, I would say that I'm a work in progress. Mm. Nice. I think you love yourself. <laughs> I think you love yourself. And I'm, I'm pretty much going to be wrapping up and I'm, I'm going to say thank you ahead of time. If 
if dad was listening right now, if he was next to you right now, what would you want him to know? What would, would you want to tell him? I would want to tell him that it's okay, I understand. And the reason why I say that is because it's okay to not have the answers to everything. It's okay to not know if I should be in the position to deserve love. And I want him to understand that I love him and that we're both not perfect. So we can be perfectly imperfect together. Mm. And mm. that's what I would say. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, Barbara, you, 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 you're an amazing woman. And I'm going to say woman over and over again because that's who you have become. I know earlier um, in the conversation I said, I couldn't wait for you to be, to grow up. I couldn't wait for you to grow up because I can see the potential in you. I can see, I can see that substance. And I'm going to keep using that word because there is so much that, I, so much potential that I saw in you. But I couldn't wait for it to come out because you have so much potential. You have so much potential. You are smart. At the age, from, from a young age, you were able to read a full book before you were five years old. You were intellectually smart. Smarter than me, I would say, uh, in your own way, ways. And I'm just so happy. And I'm just, and we had conversation. And I'm, you call me at work and we were able to discuss certain things. And, and um, you know, I was hopefully I was able to help out. And for you to see you in the state that you're in right now, it's just like I'm standing at you and I'm staring at you. I was like, I can't believe you came out to be this wonderful, loving, beautiful woman that I always want. I know you wanted, you could have been, or you could be. So the whole interview, I'm like fighting tears because I, I'm sitting there, I'm watching my little sister as she came from a, a, a girl to a woman. And I'm so proud of you, Barbara. I'm so happy that you are who you are. I'm happy for um, who you have become, for having this wonderful daughter that loves you unconditionally, a better version of yourself that I, I see and 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 continue growing. You are such an amazing and beautiful and caring and smart person. And I want you to know that there is no one in this world that can say that should ever bring you down. Ever bring you down. I, I as an older brother, want to say I love you so much. Am I not saying much? Am I not saying enough? I love you much. This word that I'm saying, I mean it. I know I've been saying it a lot. It's because I enter a point in my life where I don't want to say it or say I didn't say it when the person is no longer here, you know? And as you hear, you're sitting in front of me. I just want to let you know, Barbara, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at what you have accomplished. I am amazed and happy to the woman that you have become, um, to who you have become in a mom. You have become a beautiful mom to this beautiful daughter of, of, of yours, Summer. And who she has become, she's a beautiful and loving and caring and and hugging person. She's just a, a a gem, just like a little juicy candy. <laughs> I love her, and she loves hard, and I love her. And 
I'm so happy that you have her in uh, your life, and I'm glad that she's in your life, and she, she's able to change you for a better person. And I know you will become a better person. You will continue growing to be a better person. I want to thank you so much for being in this podcast. I want to thank you so much for being vulnerable. I want to thank you so much for being um, open, um, for peeling back so many layers. And I know we were going to open some layers, but I think you opened more layers from me than it is from you. Or maybe it's the same. But I just want to thank you so much, so much for your time. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love that you give. And thank you for being my little sister. You will always be my little sister, and I will always love you. And I want to continue seeing grow. And I am happy to see what the future holds for you and your boyfriend. <laughs> 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 and your, your, your current um your current relationship I see it's going good and I wanted it to continue but I'm happy for you I'm, I'm so proud of you um, and I want to thank you again for coming to this podcast again guys thank you again for coming to joining us and I won't hold you any longer I wait until the next episode I think this this season is gonna be crazy it's gonna be about siblings all my siblings and it's gonna be crazy if you guys cry let me know because i literally almost had to like cry and i had to hold back because if i was crying then you would have heard the ugly cry i don't think you guys want to hear ugly cry because then you guys might have to turn off the podcast and call me and say what the heck is wrong with you so i don't think i wanted to go through that so again guys thank you again for joining us for another episode of dear dad podcast it's about you it's about me it's about growing guys and i will see you guys in a few Now, a moment with the family. Okay, guys, if you want to keep up or listen to more of this podcast, you can go to Google Play, Stitcher, Apple, and Spotify. And, of course, on social media as far as Instagram. Catch you later.